Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. And welcome in to the Hoist the Colors podcast, the debut edition of the Hoist the Colors podcast. And I'll tell you what, it's been a long time coming uh, for us here on Hoist the Colors. We're excited, we're ecstatic to join the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Uh, this is something that has been in the works a while. We are still awaiting, as of this recording, to get official approval on the Apple Podcast, Spotify, some of the major podcast channels as to where you can rate and subscribe etc so keep a keep a lookout for that uh, of course right now we can embed the audio file into the site into articles so you can check it out there but uh, once this thing pops up on apple Podcasts, we we strongly recommend and urge you to go rate and subscribe uh, the ratings will help our numbers it, it'll allow us to be really the first ecu podcast when people search for ecu pirate news and then if you subscribe, you'll never miss an episode because as soon as we drop a new episode, you'll be uh, alerted to your phone. So you'll be able to hop on and, and see everything we're doing right away. Whereas if you're not subscribed, you'll have to kind of guess and try to figure out when we're going to embed the article or in, embed the new episode in articles on the site. So it's not quite as precise. So definitely once, uh, which it should happen any moment now, as we record this on Thursday, hopefully by Friday at the latest, uh, early next week, that will be up on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you know, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, everywhere you get your podcast, you'll see Hoist the Colors, the podcast pop up. Of course, this will be an extension of what we do already on hoistthecolors.net. Really excited about everything we're going to do. I mean, of course, we're going to be serious. We're going to bring you in-depth analysis, whether it be ECU football of course, we got a huge game coming up on Saturday, UCF and East Carolina. Uh, but we're also going to have some fun. I got some fun games in store for the podcast on maybe weeks that are slower. Uh, we're, we're, of course, Stephen Igo, uh, I'll be your host on this show. And uh, for those unfamiliar, perhaps with myself or Hoist the Colors in general, you know we've been part of twenty four seven Sports since two thousand and twelve. Uh, we started Hoist the Colors back in 2010. I was actually a freshman at East Carolina back in 2010. We started as an independent site. And then in 2012, when when 24-7 Sports was really taken off, that is when uh, ECU needed a site on 24-7 Sports. And I got hooked up with my guy, J.C. Sherbert, who uh, used to be a national recruiting analyst with 24-7. Uh, still helps out with the South Carolina site, the Big Spur 
and we, we join the ECU site, 224-7 Sports. So, uh, and if you've been riding with us for a while, we actually had a Hoist the Colors podcast a long time ago, uh, my, my old friend Chris Lehman. Uh, but it was kind of a, it was right when podcasts were first starting to get going. Uh, so we started it, you know, we got a lot of good feedback and we just ended up not continuing it because Chris had to move. Uh, he helped out with the site a while, but then had to move. And then, you know, I still got involved or I got involved with pirate radio around that time, you know, a great radio station here in Greenville. And for those wondering, I will still continue, uh, my, uh, weekly bi-weekly sometimes three weekly appearances on Pirate Radio. I'll continue to be a guest up there. Uh, this podcast will have no bearing on me not going there. Uh, it, this just gives me another outlet to do my own show. I did have my, my own show on Pirate Radio the last few years. Uh, I'm not having that show on Pirate Radio for now, and so I decided to open up the podcast and join uh, the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. So really excited to get this thing going. Excited to bring you some different stuff that maybe you don't see in the articles we write. You know, bring you a little bit more personality, uh, a little bit more off-the-wall coverage. And of course, you know, when there's any breaking news, our, our plan is to have breaking news podcasts. So let's say there's a critical in- injury diagnosis um, in times like these. If there's a key player announced out with COVID prior to a game. Yeah, if there's a game cancellation, a game postponement, we're going to try and hop on the pod uh, pretty quickly in, you know, 10, 15 minutes uh, type of segment, breaking news podcast. Nothing too in-depth, but just something to give you some immediate reaction. Uh, as far as this type of episode, you know, of course, I'm kind of introducing the podcast as a whole, but we'll get into some of the game stuff and game previews. You can expect one of these at least once a week. I think right now we're going to plan for twice a week. You know, we're going to do an episode every Thursday or Friday during football season, you know, with a preview type style heading into game day. And then Sunday is when I'm looking at doing kind of a a wrap-up. Maybe Saturday night, depending on if it's an early start. But uh, we'll try to get those podcasts published by Sunday morning is the goal to get it up and run and get you some immediate reaction. And, and, of course, if you're listening to, you know, the fifth quarter on Pirate Radio, that is immediately after the game. So maybe after you check that out, you want to get some more uh, different analysis, in-depth analysis. Maybe you, you click on the podcast before your NFL Sundays on Sunday morning or, 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 you know, before you head to church on Sunday or after church, whatever you prefer. So really excited about this thing um, to give you a little more background on how we – plan to do it. Of course, Stephen Igo, um, the publisher of Voice to Colors right here. I'll, I'll be the host of the show, the podcast, uh, each and every time. My goal is to have a rotating set of co-hosts. You know, our co-hosts are not getting paid to be on the show per se, so I don't want to take up all their time uh, each week or a set amount of time each week, you know, when they could be, when they could be spending that with their families. But I do want to get those guys on the show to provide some some different analysis so you don't just have to hear me talk um, as much as I might like hearing myself talk sometimes. Of course, not really, but um, I get tired of, of hearing my own monotone vo- voice. But uh, I really want to get some different type of uh, personalities on the show. You know, we'll have some um, some guys who really know football as far as X's and O's. You know, uh, Brett Hickman, the head coach at West Brunswick High School in North Carolina, has been doing some video stuff for us. He's going to be on the show every now and then to break down some X's and O's as far as uh, the football games we're seeing. Uh, Sam Anderson, who used to to write for the site and is now in the real world uh, working in banking, 
He's going to join uh, actually today's program, and he will be one of those co-hosts you hear every now and then, and will be a guy that uh, you know he's got. He can be shy sometimes, but he, he he has a lot of sports knowledge. He really loved his time at East Carolina. Uh, he worked for Hoist the Colors for about three years before getting into the real world, and um, now is a proud Pirate Club member. So we'll, we'll introduce Sam a little bit later. We're going to have some over-unders for the ECU football 2020 season, as tough as that is to project with what is now a nine-game schedule. We'll still bring that to you. We'll also talk about uh, the UCF game and our predictions there, and then maybe give you a season prediction as well. So Sam will be a guy that you'll hear on this podcast. Um, you know, we'll, we'll continue to to go through some of those potential names throughout the coming weeks. You know, Jonathan Wagner, who is a current intern with Hoist the Colors, uh, as, where, as well as Lee and Alexis, who also help us out. You'll probably hear them on the podcast every now and then as well. And uh, I'll continue to reach out to more uh, people that I know well, that know football. You know, Bobby Harward is another guy who he posts on the site sometimes. He's a former GA at ECU uh, in the Ruffin McNeil era. You know, we'll have him on the show to, to break down some X's and O's. And, and then I have a, a goal maybe after the football season when things slow down a little bit. I want to get one poster every week on the show to kind of introduce themselves, give them a, a background of, hey, why did you join Hoist the Colors? What got you into East Carolina? What do you enjoy most about the site? What do you hate most about the site? Other than the political post, of course. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that aspect of things. You know, I've got a, a game plan. I listen to a, a a gaming podcast called Game Scoop. I don't know if any of you are familiar with that, but uh, they play 20 questions at the end of every episode for a video game, and they try to guess the video game that is sent in. And I'm hoping to do a 20 questions edition with uh, the the subject being pirate football players or pirate athletes in general. So I'll pick out a, a random ECU athlete, and then whoever is the guest will have 20 questions to ask me, 20 yes or no questions. And uh, by the end of it, he's got to try and guess who the player is. And it could be anybody from any era or maybe any sport. So that's something I hope to bring to the podcast so that will be a little fun down the line. All right, enough about the podcast. Let's dive into game week. It is here, UCF in East Carolina. Man, it's been a long, long time coming. Uh, it feels like it's been forever since we've uh, we started doing some preseason coverage, and really, this has been the longest preseason known to man. I remember going out in June to the ECU football practice fields and taking some pictures of Holton Aylers, Mason Garcia, right after his arrival. Um, and some of the other guys in the summer. This was during the voluntary workout phase, if you remember correctly. Uh, and then July was when the mandatory workout phase came. So it's been a long, long journey, really, from that time to now, you know, mid-September, really late September, as we're about to kick this thing off on September 26th. And, uh, of course, we, we were supposed to open the season originally on August 29th. That didn't happen due to uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, and now we're here. Uh, Again, they were supposed to open on September 12th. That didn't happen either due to the COVID-19 pandemic. So we're still waiting to see when the Marshall game will be rescheduled, if it'll be rescheduled. But we're here, UCF-ECU, not the game that ECU wanted to really open with in an ideal world, but if you're going to play your toughest opponent, might as well play them early, get them out of the way. 
And one big question I had going into this podcast and in this game week is what are fair expectations for East Carolina? You go into this game, you're 27 and a half point underdogs. You're playing at home. Nobody expects you to do anything. You have no crowd behind you. Really, there, there's so many new players that are going to make their debut this weekend. Uh, new defensive staff with a new defensive coordinator and Blake Carroll. Uh, what are fair expectations? I mean, really, that's probably the toughest question to answer going into this thing because there's so much unknown. I mean, I think at the end of the day, if you're ECU and you can find a way to hang around in this game for three quarters or so, if you can keep it competitive in the fourth quarter, give your young guys some experience against probably the best team talent-wise in this conference, I think that is a win in my book. I know the coaching staff doesn't feel that way. Uh, talking to some people around the program, they think they have a legitimate chance to surprise on Saturday with some new pieces and, and some guys if they execute properly. Uh, I have no doubt that this coaching staff will have this team prepared. Uh, Mike Houston knows what he's doing. Blake Harrell knows what he's doing. Donnie Kirkpatrick really brought this offense along uh, the second half of last season. So I have no doubt they'll be prepared. But when you throw so many young and so many new guys into such a an unfamiliar environment being a live game, even without no crowd, you just don't know how they're going to react. And let's be real, ECU, how tough is it for the staff to get a gauge on where their talent sits because, you know, they're practicing against each other for these last several months. ECU, talent-wise, is probably still towards the bottom of this league right now. You know, in a few years after development, they'll probably be more towards the top with the way they're recruiting. But Right now, not where they need to be. So it's tough to get a gauge on, hey, if we're practicing our line against our defensive line, how is that going to look when we face UCF's offensive line, which is pretty experienced, pretty talented, and UCF's defensive front, which gave Georgia Tech all sorts of fits last week. So what are fair expectations for me personally? See some of the young guys step into a game situation, handle themselves without uh, freaking out too much. That's what you worry about a guy just going blank out there in his first game situation. Uh, find a way to withstand the early punch and make it competitive going into halftime and then in the third quarter because last year, as good as ECU played in the second half in Orlando, it just was not a game where you can take a whole lot of uh, confidence from it. I know that looking back at it, ECU's offense really did wake up in the second half and that seemed to park, spark the second half outbreak of the season as far as offensive success, but... UCF was up 35-6 to at halftime. They took a number of guys out of the game. Yes, Dylan Gabriel, the quarterback, stayed in, but they took a couple offensive linemen out, a couple key defensive pieces. So you got to find a way early on in this contest to weather the storm. UCF scored the most first quarter points of any college football team last season, uh, and it was a pretty wide margin. They averaged more than 14 points per game, I think, or per, per first quarter per game. The second team or averaged around 11 points per first quarter per game so UCF they would jump on teams quickly with that tempo and would just bury them and ECU cannot allow that to happen uh you know if, if UCF gets the ball first and they go score ECU's offense got to respond right back uh, they can't afford to let UCF score go three and out let UCF score and then all of a sudden you're like oh here we go again uh it, and I wouldn't be surprised honestly if ECU if they win the toss if they receive the ball first because I think you have a chance to really set the tone for the game if you're the first team to go down and score. Of course, you look back at last week's Georgia Tech game, 
Georgia Tech uh, scored early. They were able to hold UCF to a 7-7 game at the end of the first quarter, and then UCF exploded in the second and then in the fourth quarters. But UCF, or Georgia Tech also turned the ball over five times, and they had a true freshman quarterback and a true freshman running back. So I think UCF will get their points. I think UCF's defense is vulnerable if the offensive line can protect against a pretty – you know, a, a good secondary, but a secondary that's aggressive, plays man, and against TCU's receiving corps, I like that matchup if they can give Holt Naylor's time. So, fair expectations for me. Score points, which I think is doable. Uh, protect the football. And, you know, make it interesting into the second half. I think that's very reasonable. And let's look back at last year. UCF was a 35-point favorite when they played ECU. Uh, ECU lost by 13. Cincinnati was a 24-point favorite when they came to East Carolina. East Carolina probably should have won that game. So this isn't a game, even though ECU is 27.5-point underdogs, that I'm going to say they can't win. Now, are the odds against them? Yes. Is it fair to expect them to win? No. But I do think if the turnovers bounce their way, if ECU protects the football and Holt Naylor plays the type of game that he showed he can play towards the second half of last season, uh, it can be very interesting in the fourth quarter on Saturday. So my, my hope and my fair expectation is ECU makes this a game into the third quarter, hopefully the fourth quarter, and crazy things can happen inside Daddy Ficklin Stadium. All right, that's enough from me. On the other side, we are going to welcome in Sam Anderson. We're going to get the latest on what Sam is up to these days. We're also going to run over some over-unders for the 2020 ECU football season and talk more about the UCF season opener. So stay tuned. We're going to have a quick ad break, and then we'll be back on the other side. You're listening to the Hoist the Colors podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, welcome back into the Hoist the Colors podcast. It's my pleasure now to be joined by Sam Anderson. He is a former intern of Hoist the Colors. He's now out in the real world doing his thing. And uh, Sam, welcome into the debut episode of the Hoist the Colors podcast. So how does it feel to join the, the debut episode? Yeah, it feels good to kind of get big time now with the whole podcast. <laughs> yeah, so. it's a, it's been a long time coming, man. It's We've been trying to set this thing up. We're still working through some kinks 
with uh, audio and, and that sort of stuff. But, yeah, I wanted to have you on, Sam. Um, you know, we're going to have a rotating crop of go- of co-hosts as we go along, and obviously you, you've got familiarity with the site. So we're starting with you, and, and you interned f- for a long time for Hoist the Colors, uh, basically, what, three full years at least before you, you graduate? Yep before you graduated. So I would have to say, Sam, if I, if I did an intern all time power ranking, you would easily be in the top two or three. I don't want to name names. You might be number <laughs> one, but I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings because all my former interns no. might, might be listening, but uh, catch us up no, on, on what you're doing these that. days. Yeah. Catch us up on what you're doing these days, man. Yeah. I am currently working in Wilmington, North Carolina at Live Oak Bank as a business analyst. I know that sounds official, but, pretty low on the totem pole but hey i get paid so i'm not complaining you got to start somewhere so that is that is correct so you you you're 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 in the real world you're out of the sports world so you can go to games oh wait you can't go to games because of the coronavirus so uh that is unfortunate but one day you will be able to attend a game at daddy ficklin stadium hopefully later this year well, Sam, you've got great familiarity with this ECU football team, and I wanted to have some fun uh, previewing the season. We're going to do a over-under uh, segment on ECU football 2020. Now, usually this is much easier okay. because there's 12 games, and we kind of have standards as far as, hey, you know, a 1,000-yard receiver in a 12-game season makes a lot of sense. Well, right now we are assuming nine games because that's all ECU has scheduled. You know, we could make the yep. argument for 10 games due to the, the Marshall game, but uh, right now we don't really know for certain if that's going to be rescheduled. So we're going to pretend or assume that there is going to be nine games. And so this makes this kind of difficult, but I tried to adjust the numbers based upon that. So uh, we'll, we'll go through some individuals, some team over-unders for ECU, and we'll start first with the team total wins. I set it at three and a half in a nine-game schedule. Sam, what's your, your take there? Do you see ECU getting over, whether it be four or five wins? Uh, it's hard to say. Uh, I want to go be optimistic and go with the over, but I think four wins if I did put money on it. Four wins? I mean, four is, is over three and a half, so, I mean, you still going with the over there. What what four wins do you see ECU getting if you had to, if you had to make a prediction? I could see, uh, I know it's going to shock people, but I could see them beating Navy because Navy has just looked not very, you know, Navy-like. But I guess against Tulane, they look pretty good, but I'm not sure how good Tulane is. Um, I think they can beat Georgia State and then South Florida and then probably Tulane or SMU at home. But so probably pick up two, three, maybe three straight wins after getting pummeled by Central Florida? <laughs> well, say, hey, save your Central Florida prediction because we're going to hit that at the end. But, uh, yeah, my yeah. my official prediction, I'm going over. I'm going, you know, I did 5-5 five and five counting the Marshall game. Uh, with, without the Marshall game, I probably got it at 4-5, four and, four and five, and that's still optimistic uh, on my end. I still think this team is very young. But I'll go over. I'll go over 3.5. All right. Uh, we'll go next to individual players. Holden Ehlers, I've got the over-under at 2,800 passing yards. For for uh, instance, last year, I believe he threw right around 3,000 in a 12-game schedule. 
So I got 2,800 for a nine-game schedule. What are you feeling there? I think I'll, I think I'll go over that. I think they'll let them air it out about what we saw towards the end of the season last year. So I think he'll get around probably 3,000. And 2,800 would basically, I ran the math earlier, would basically be around 310 yards per game, I think, which sounds like a lot. But if he does what he did the second half of the season, I believe that he will get over that. So I'm going to go with over as well. I don't think it'll be a lot over just due to these shortened amount of games, but I do think he hits uh, that 3,000 mark, like you said. Now I got Holden. Yeah, he'll, have, he'll have a big game. He'll have a big game. Go throw at least close to the yeah. end of that 450 range at some point. You look at last year; he threw for 535 against Cincinnati, and then what? Close to 500 the next week. So I mean, there yeah. he could get a thousand in a two-game span if if everything clicks. Um, and that if they have five games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's the toughest thing with this. You don't really know exactly how many games EC will play, but again, we're assuming nine. Uh, also, Holt Naylor's passing touchdowns, I said it at 22. Last year, he threw for 21, so he would actually have to surpass last year's total on a shorter schedule, uh, but if he does the second half of the year, he could hit that mark. What are you feeling on uh, over under 22? I'm probably going to go under. I think he'll be around that 20, 21 range like he was last year. Okay. I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna go over. They here. have some running backs, so I think they'll have a lot more rushing touchdowns. But okay, I'm gonna go over here. I think he gets, and that's not a bad prediction. If they do run the ball better, they should have more rushing touchdowns. I think he gets 23, 24. Uh, I'm not I a math, not a math major, but you know that would be what in between three and four touchdowns passing a game. So um, yeah. And I think he'll have a few five, four or five touchdown passes uh, as far as game performances go. So I'll roll with that. Uh, let's move on to the receiver position. C.J. Johnson, he had over 900 yards receiving last year. Came on strong the second half of the year. 800 r- receiving yards is what I set the over-under at because of the shortened schedule. What are you feeling there, Sam? I'm going to go with the over. I think he gets you know probably close to what he did last year because that connection with Holton is – Something, something else compared to, you know, other receivers that Holton has to throw to. His, him and CJ have a very good, uh, you know, chemistry. Yeah, I'm hoping that you know going into the season, really thought he'd be at a thousand yard receiver. I'm hoping one of these receivers can still get there, just due to the shortened schedule. I'm a little worried about that, but I feel pretty confident if he stays healthy, he'll get over 800. Even though that's a lot of yards per nine game or over a nine game season, but. Just given everything I've heard uh, about CJ, I think he was a little sluggish to start camp, but he's really come on strong lately. So I think CJ gets there. We'll stick with the receiving corpse. Tyler Sneed last year had 66 receptions. I've got him at 65 right now uh, for the over-under. I think uh, it's good, tough because if they do a lot of short slant routes, that can, you know, that Tyler's kind of good at doing, then he'll probably get a lot of receptions. But I guess it just really depends on the game flow. But I think he'll probably get – probably have to go with the under on that. Yeah. Probably around 60-ish maybe. Yeah. Maybe 55-ish. A lot of it depends on the game flow, like you said. You look at Tyler Sneed last year, 
He had something ridiculous, like 42 catches over the last three games, so those numbers were really inflated. I mean, he in that case, he only had 24 catches over the first nine games. So it just depends. As he continued last year's success, if so, he's got a chance. I am going to I'm going to go over here. I think Tyler Steed is still going to lead the team in catches and be a volume guy from day one. So I'm going over. It might be a risky pick, but I can see it happening. I can see that. So let's move on now. We'll stick with the offense. Top ECU running back rushing yards. Now, the over-under is set at 500. So this means basically the leading ball carrier in terms of rushing yards. Will he get over or under 500? ECU, for, for reference, has not had a 500-yard rusher since 2016. What are you thinking there? Ooh. I think I think they'll I think they'll have at least one. So I guess I'll take the over on that. I think Mike Houston and his staff knows how to run the or ha, has had to deal with you know good talented running backs, especially at JMU. So I think you'll at least see maybe two up there. I could see you know um, Hayden. And uh, Penix getting kind of up there. Penix can stay healthy, but um, I think they'll get two. Sam with the bold prediction of two 500-yard rushers. That would be a uh, major step in the right direction for ECU. I did the math on my phone here. Uh, the the rush the running backs would have to average 55 yards a game over nine games to reach 500 yards. So pretty doable. It's just how do they split the carries? How do they stay healthy? I do, yeah. I do think ECU gets at least one running back there. I think it's going to be either Chase Hayden or Raji Harris, uh, the true freshman or the, the Arkansas transfer. Um, so I'm going to go over as well. Speaking of Chase Hayden, I set his over-under rushing yards at 370, and a lot of this just depends on how much you think Chase Hayden will carry the rock. He's listed as a potential starter along with Penix for the opener. So 370. Over or under? I'll go over. I think I'll get 500 probably, hopefully. Yeah, I, I think he's a good candidate to get 500. Uh, Raji Harris, I set his over under at 280. Again, I'm high on Raji, but he's a true freshman, and you never really know what you're going to get there. Raji Harris, 280 rushing yards. I'll go with the over on that. I think, you know, he's a talented running back. It's going to be hard to keep him off the field. So I will. I think he'll get in that 300 range, um, but he'll he'll get a lot of snaps, I believe. Uh, sticking with the running backs, Darius Penix over under rushing touchdowns four and a half. Last year, Penix had four and four games. I think there will be more mouths to feed near the goal line this year. Holton Aylers has led the team in rushing touchdowns the past two years with six apiece. So four and a half. I'm going over, Sam. I think he gets – five or six at least. What, what are you thinking there? Yeah, I'm thinking about the same. I think, you know, like you said, they have a lot of miles to feed, but Penix is a, you know, back that's not afraid to, you know, that contact, especially around the goal line. So I think he'll he'll probably get about six, you know, goal line touchdowns. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. If he, if he stays healthy, he's got a chance to, to really do some special things in different ways near the goal line. Flipping now to the defensive side of the ball, Jaquan McMillan and Tank Robinson tied last year for the team lead with three picks apiece. I'm setting Jaquan McMillan interceptions over under at three. I mean, you can go with the push here, but are are, are you going over or under three Jaquan McMillan interceptions? 
I'm gonna go over. You know, he was a true freshman last year, and he got three, and he, you know, he's playing pretty good. So I think he'll get. I think we'll probably get maybe five or six. I think he mm. could double that. I think. I mean, this new staff's defensive scheme will probably be, you know, somewhat aggressive at times, which could lead to, you know, putting pressure on those opposing quarterbacks, which always leads to, which could lead to a pick. And McMillan's very good at, you know, um, for for considering his size, he's a very good, you know, secondary player. Yeah, I think the the biggest thing with Jaquan is is he going to get tested enough to have those opportunities? I worry that teams will just shy away from him and attack the middle of the field on the other side. And because of that, I'm going yeah. under. You know, I think if they throw his way enough, he definitely gets three or more. I'm going to go he gets two. I think he'll get one versus UCF. Bold prediction. And I think he'll get another. But uh, I just think teams will shy away from him because he's really good. Uh, Ex- yeah, I could say that. Xavier Smith. Tackles. He led the team last year with 81 tackles as a first-year starter. I've set this year's over/under at 81 and a half. Does he top what he did last year, Sam? I'm going to go with the under just because we have a shortened season. Um, you know, there's and also you know health issues. If he, you know, somehow gets COVID one day and can't play one week, that kind of will hurt that. But um, definitely taking the under on that. I think it will be probably around that 60 upper 60s maybe range yeah and i think you know if he if he's playing every down at linebacker he did some rotating last year uh it's probably easier for him to reach that mark Uh, i think a lot of it depends on how much are they rotating there Uh, i'm gonna go with the under as well i think they're gonna rotate some linebackers so i'll stick with the under uh there too all right let's we'll fly through some of the rest of these because we also got I just realized we got some questions to get to from Pirate fans on the uh, Hoist Colors message board. Um, Jake Verity's longest field goal of the season, I set the over-under at 52.5. I think he hits a 56-yarder this year. I'm going over. How you feeling there, Sam? Yeah, I'm going over. He's going to hit at least a 55-yard field goal. I think he's due for a big one. Uh, will any ECU defensive player have more than eight sacks? So basically just shy of one sack a game. Um, I think, uh, that's a tough one. Um, I'm going to go with the, so what, Futrell led the team in sacks. Yeah. And he's no longer there, and the defensive line is very young, so I'm probably going to go under on that. Yeah, I'm going under. I think it's going to be more by committee and you're, your team leader will have four or five, five or six sacks, I would say. Uh, will ECU record a defensive touchdown in 2020? Yes. I think it will be either a pick six or a fumble recovery. I'm going to say no. But I hope I'm wrong because I like defensive touchdowns. Yeah, uh, they're, they're definitely a crowd pleaser. Too bad there's no crowd to please. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> uh, which tight end? Between Shane Calhoun, Jeremy Lewis, and Zach Bird will have the most catches at the end of the year? Uh, Jeremy Lewis. I'm going to go with Shane Calhoun. I think Jeremy Lewis is a strong uh, possibility as well. I'm going to go Shane Calhoun, the freshman. And lastly, on the over-under, which is this is more of a general question, which skill player outside of Holton Aylers, the quarterback, will have the most total touchdowns at the end of the year? So wide receiver, tight end, running back, 
who will have the most individual touchdowns? Uh, I think C.J. Johnson most likely just because he's a you know good-sized receiver, especially down the end zone. If he gets one-on-one coverage, it's very hard not to throw the ball his way. Yeah, C.J.'s a really good uh, – you know, just because of his size, I, I feel like he's got to be the answer. Um, and I'm going to go with C.J. I think there's a chance Lewis or Calhoun are up there, though, just because I think they're going to be matchup yeah. problems. All right, that's yeah, – That'll do it for our uh, over-under segment. We'll jump right quick into the questions as we wrap up uh, the episode today on the debut edition of the Hoist the Colors podcast. Uh, we'll kind of hit these as we go along. Sam, uh, Maddie Matt asks, is anything new expected for the game day atmosphere? Specifically, with this game being nationally televised, has any effort been put in to make the TV product not seem strange without fans in the stands? Well, I just, I mean, I don't know what all ECU can do. I do know that they're, they're planning on the, the crowd murmur if UCF agrees to it. So maybe that'll add some sense of normalcy. But the broadcasters will not be there themselves. You know, Mike Golick and Dave Pash will be uh, off-site. So I just don't know what you can do to really offset it. You know, they're going to play music. They're going to do that sort of stuff. But at the end of the day, it's just hard to make up for no fans. There's not going to be any cutouts or electronic fans from what I understand. Yeah, you definitely need fans there to make that atmosphere. So, uh, ECU Pirate fans seventeen eighteen asks heading into the UCF game: Is this the largest spread as an underdog that Coach Houston has faced as a head coach, and what are his numbers as the underdog? Uh, I do not know his exact numbers as an underdog, but I can confirm this is not the largest uh, spread he's faced because last year UCF was a thirty-five point favorite over ECU in Orlando, and the final uh, score of that game was 41-28. So Mike Houston, if you look at last year, they were huge underdogs against Cincinnati, SMU, and UCF and covered those games. And then the games against some of the teams like South Florida-Tulsa, which were pretty tight spreads, they ended up getting kind of blown out in the second half of those games. So um, it's just in a year like this, it's tough to predict, I think, what a team like ECU will do with the spread. Yeah, it will be interesting to see what, you know, Vegas has going forward. But probably not going to be as bad as the past few years in terms of underdogs spread-wise. Yeah, UCF's just a tough one to start out on. Uh, Bird Pirate, uh, my best friend, asked, Donnie K (laughs) was optimistic we'd be running the ball better this year. Do y'all agree? Sam, I'll let you start with this one. Yeah, I agree they'll be better running the ball. I think you have some talented backs there um, with Hayden and then, you know, that true freshman, uh, Harris. I think Penix, he'll be, you know, hopefully 100% healthy. So he'll they'll just be better running the ball. I think they have more speed back there now that can, you know, get around the edges and stuff like that and be, be interesting to watch. Yeah, I think you can't run the ball – much worse last year in terms of yards per carry. So I think they'll run it better. I worry about the offensive tackle positions as far as getting pushed on, mm-hmm. on the outside. But I do think they run the ball better just because the running back room and the interior offensive line is, is so much better. Um, Zach's 2222 asks, when, when will Mike Houston and company have us back competing for conference championships? Next year, 2022, uh, I, I said from the get-go he needed – 
three to four years. So I'm going to go 2022. I think next year they're much closer, but 2022 is my goal for that. Yeah, I think 2022 is realistic. I think 2021 you're looking at a you know pretty solid season in a bowl game, but yeah, conference championship definitely 2022. Um, ECU Salty Dog asked, do you think Coach Houston and company have discussed the leg cramp to substitute? I know fans usually like it, or don't usually like it, but it is allowed inside the rules and can really slow down on offense that wants to play fast. So I guess he's asking, do we think ECU will fake injuries to substitute against UCF? Um, It depends. I would say no, just because you don't want to say publicly that you're going to fake an injury, but I definitely can see it few players going down with cramps, especially if the game is close and Central Florida is having a good drive. Yeah, I think it just depends on the game flow. If UCF is just running up and down the field, ECU can't get any subs in on multiple drives, that's when you you go down, like you're shot in the leg. Um, so I, I think we'll definitely see it at least once or twice. It's just gamesmanship. It, it is what it is. I'd expect UCF to do the same thing to ECU if they're rolling and, and running hurry up. Um Somebody asked about the Tulsa game last year, what happened there. I just think Tulsa was better, played better, were better in the trenches. And honestly, ECU just looked flat that day. And the lack of, yeah, a, they just, the lack of a crowd didn't help. Yeah, they, I think they were – you had some close games with, you know, Cincinnati and SMU, and then you go up to UConn and have a close game. So they were probably just exhausted by the time they got to that – Tulsa game and Tulsa wasn't your average four and eight team they had some talented players so all right last one here from uh ECU set a rip I don't know how to pronounce this guy's username exactly but he's a loyal poster uh he's a two-part question one is uh who would win in a pickup basketball game Steven or Sam that's a tough one because we played basketball against each other before we play a lot of pickup basketball pre-COVID. Yeah. And I haven't played basketball since, so I probably – I don't know. It'd be a talk, it'd be, it depends if my shot's on. When, I could probably squeak one out, but when, I don't know. When Sam's shot is on, you know, he fires it up like Steph Curry, you know, whether he's hitting or not. So if his shot, <laughs> if his shot is on, you know, I'm probably going down because I don't have much of a shot. I'm more of a drive – penetrating dish type of guys um now if sam's shot is not on i'll take the dub but you know we'll just have to square off one day and uh see who yeah. comes out with the victory yeah for sure we'll have a hoist the colors uh tournament bracket all right final question how are the pirate minor leaguers doing this year without baseball uh honestly i got no idea i i spoke to bryant packard on pirate radio a couple weeks ago and you know, I think they're all frustrated, but doing their own thing with individual instructions. So they're doing their best, but it's tough for all those guys like Agnos, Brickhouse, you know, Juan A. Williams Sutton. I feel for all those dudes who are having an opportunity kind of taken away from them. Yeah, it's tough, but kind of unpredictable these days. But I'm sure they're, you know, staying in the, getting in the weight room and staying, you know, fit for when they're, when the season resumes. Hopefully it'll be. Uh, sooner rather than later all right sam well that'll do it for our questions from the audience and also for our over under uh and i appreciate you taking the time to join us as we head into game day for ecu football before we let you get out of here give me your final prediction ecu ucf final score who wins 
I'm going with Central Florida. They're just offense is just too, you know, powerful. Well, obviously powerful, but they're just efficient at what they do. And that that ECU defense is young. So I think the Knights do win by I say 14, 17 points, somewhere in that range. It's hard to predict an exact score, but though then they should be they should win. Knights should win in that by at least 14 to 17 points. The spread is 27. I'm saying ECU covers, but I, I got UCF 48, ECU 31, 17-point loss, kind of the same thinking as you, Sam. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe they can pull an upset and make some crazy things happen. We'll find out hey, on Saturday. It's on ABC. So yeah, national TV. Do it. All right, Sam. Well, hey, man, I appreciate you hopping on the initial debut of the Hoisted Colors podcast, and uh, we'll get you on down the road as we continue to rotate some co-hosts you'll be a a steady i think co-host with us as we go along depending on your schedule of course but we appreciate your your service over the years to hoist the colors you were a great intern and uh looking forward to having you on the show again yeah i look forward to uh listening to future episodes and uh hopefully we'll be at a in person actually attend a game in person this season yeah it can't come soon, soon enough, man. All right, Sam, <laughs> yeah. I'll, uh, I'll talk to you later. Yeah, man, have a good one. Okay, thanks again to Sam Anderson, former ECU legend and former Hoist the Colors intern. Uh, we appreciate him for uh, taking some time out of his day to visit with us on the podcast. And that'll do it for the debut edition of Hoist the Colors. I uh, really appreciate everybody listening. Again, we'll try to keep this thing around, you know, 40, 45 minutes at most for most podcasts. You know, ran a little long with questions today. So I uh, don't want to take you take up all the time unless, of course, something crazy happens. But uh, we'll uh, we'll be back after the game. Uh, you'll hear some music on the way out. You know, this is the music we're using, some pretty, you know, I guess some pretty standard intro-outro music. Uh, CBS, which is, of course, owns 24-7 Sports, is actually working on some custom pirate-themed music, so who knows when we'll get that back, but I'm excited to debut that down the road because they actually produce it and make it on their own, and it, it should fit our podcast well. So uh, once we have that, we'll introduce that into the podcast along with uh, some other items down the line. But appreciate Sam Anderson for taking some time. Again, guys, game day is almost here, or maybe it is here if you're listening to this on Saturday can't be more excited again sign up hoistacolors.net we're running a 60 percent off special right now for first time new subscribers so check that out if you're not a subscriber or check out our free content as well so thanks to everybody for riding along with us we'll be back and talk to you after the game you've been listening to hoist the colors i'm steven Igo. we'll see you next time Original and heartfelt movie in years. Magic like this comes around once in a lifetime. This Friday, experience it with your whole family. Can we do it again? If ready, PG.